Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. Welcome to the show, everyone. Today is Thursday, August 26, 2010, and we are live from not so sunny Florida. It has been uh, raining like crazy here lately the last uh, last few weeks. Have this um, tropical pressure system hanging out over the Gulf there, and we, we we just been getting soaked. So what's up with that? I've never seen. So much water falling from the skies, but Mother Nature doing her thing, I guess. But uh, but what are you going to do, you know? Welcome to Truth About Trucking Live. I'm Alan Smith, and this evening we're going to kick around the idea of having all truck drivers on an hourly pay rate. Local drivers, regional, long haul, all drivers get paid by the hour, and not cents per mile or percentage or by the load, but by the hour. And some drivers like the idea, others are not so crazy about it. So we're just going to kick the idea around a little bit. I don't believe this will ever happen in the U.S. trucking industry, but it makes for a good conversation. So we'll look at this issue in the second segment of the show, our call-in number, 347-826-9170, if you'd like to be on the show. Uh, but before we get on to that, have you heard about uh, this fuel treatment called extreme the uh, extreme fuel treatment it's said to uh, improve performance and horsepower and decreases repairs and downtime uh, reduces emissions and uh, here's the biggie of course it increases the fuel mileage so what's the story behind this extreme fuel treatment well our guest for the first segment of our show is Mike Garcia of dieseltreatment.com and he's a national and worldwide consultant for the product Extreme. And we're going to talk about the Extreme fuel treatment. And I recently tested this product myself um, just to see how it worked because I started hearing a lot about it and seeing it all over the place. And uh, after being contacted by our guest, Mr. Mar- uh, Mr. Garcia, um, I decided to give it a try, see how it works. And over a 17-day period, I ran my own test using Extreme, and we're going to share the results and the data of that test this evening. 
And also joining us is John Winterholler, CEO and President of Syntec Global. And we're going to find out more information on the extreme fuel treatment for the first part, first half of the show here. So Mike Garcia of DieselTreatment.com and Syntec Global CEO and President John Winterholler coming up when we come back. The trucker lifestyle isn't an easy one, and those of you listening will testify to that. Because of the sedentary lifestyle, one of the major problems causing drivers to be at greater health risk is obesity. I'm Alan Smith with Truth About Trucking Live, and recently there's been concern for the professional CDL driver and their ability to pass the DOT physical. No doubt you've been hearing terms such as BMI index, sleep apnea testing, and CPAP machines. The bottom line to all of this, however, is that drivers may lose their jobs because they're overweight. Most of these drivers, by paying attention to their diet and calorie intake, along with some exercise, can take care of their weight problem. But many others, however, are 100 pounds or more overweight and the problem seems overwhelming to them. These drivers are now researching other alternatives such as gastric sleeve surgery, which would limit their intake of large quantities of food. The cost of gastric surgeries in the U.S. are between $18,000 and $35,000, and not all insurance will cover these costs. We've discovered that one of the most recognized, respected, and affordable facilities who perform this kind of surgery, with a total cost of $9,500, is located in Mexicali, Mexico, only 22 miles south of El Centro, California. Dr. Alberto Aceves has performed thousands of surgeries and is rated among one of the highest success rates anywhere, including the U.S. Dr. Aceves has impeccable credentials, including member of the American Society for Bariatric and Metabolic Surgery, member of the International Federation for the Surgery of Obesity, and member of FACS, the American College of Surgeons. If you're overweight and you're contemplating gastric sleeve surgery as a possible solution, either because you're concerned about your job or you just want to feel good about yourself or do things you haven't done in years, then I encourage you to give Dr. Alberto Aceves and his staff a call. They have an extremely knowledgeable, personable, and professional staff and will tell you if you're a candidate for this type of procedure. They'll answer your questions and concerns, and if you're not a candidate, they'll tell you guiding you in another direction. You can contact them toll-free at 888-344-3916 or at their website, MexicaliBariatricCenter.com. All right, welcome back. Our guest this evening, Mike Garcia of DieselTreatment.com and John Winterholler of Syntec Global. So let's find out more about this fuel treatment called Extreme. Mike, uh, John, welcome to the show. Glad to have you all here. Thank, Thank you. you. It's my pleasure. Uh, listen, yeah, I I first started hearing about this Extreme probably a couple months ago, and um, looked it up on the inter on the uh, internet and hearing some good things about it. My first thought, to be honest, was, well, here's just another fuel treatment. But the more I started looking into it, the more I became interested in it. And then we kind of hooked up with Mike and. And um, he sent me a little supply for a five-day period, and I just so I decided to do my own test. But um, Mike, let's let's talk, let's start with you here real quick. Uh, I I guess I understand that this product had previously been used only in an industrial environment, but now it's being brought uh, into the public market. Is that right? Yes, sir. You know, it was brought to the market about a year ago. 
uh, last October. And we wanted to bring it out to the, the general public because this uh, product not only goes in diesels, but it goes in anything, boats, lawnmowers, sea dews, anything that takes gas or diesel. As a matter of fact, anything that fuel oil or, or, or number six oil too as well. So it's just really incredible. It's just I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed to be introducing this product to the general public. Okay, so it's not just a, not just diesel. I mean, we can just stick it in our cars too. It's so concentrated, though. I mean, it just takes a takes just a very little bit, right? It only takes a quarter ounce to treat twenty gallons. So you know, I mean, uh, that's what's incredible about it. You know, this product is just you know, it's phenomenal. People are getting extra anywhere from twenty five to additional hundred miles per tank. And they're actually it's cleaning out all the fuel injectors, all the carbon, all the corrosion, and it's just incredible. And, and I, I think John will go a little bit more into detail of what this product can really do to help everybody in the general public. Yeah, well, John, let's. Uh, so, what what makes this extreme treatment so different and 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 work so well, other than the other fuel treatments out there? Well, I think the first thing that we, we cover is the fact that it's not new. Um, you've covered that a little bit, but, but uh, the, the basis of the product was patented originally in 1986 and uh, has since been reformulated and repatented several times to be good for uh, the types of fuels that we run today. Uh, the, the thing that sets it apart is many additives uh, that are on the market today are single in their purpose, either a lubricant or a detergent or, or some other single purpose uh, mechanism that allows uh, the engine to run uh, in a more efficient manner that may or may not result in any fuel savings. The thing about uh, Syntec Extreme Fuel Treatment is that it's a multiplicity of those types of additives, but most importantly, it has a proprietary organometallic combustion catalyst. And that catalyst, when mixed with any carbon-based fuel, changes the makeup of that fuel just minimally and enough to make sure that the maximum BTUs are burned when uh, that fuel goes through the combustion chamber. And so what happens is is that the, the molecules of fuel are actually primed to burn most efficiently at a proper temperature. When that happens, which is facilitated by this additive, it decreases the amount of emissions that come out because more of the available fuel is burned, more of the available power that's in the fuel is exercised because more, again, more of the fuel is burned at the appropriate time, and economy uh, of fuel and fuel savings is extraordinary because you're using less fuel to get more power and more economy and saving the environment at the same time. We have clients who have been using this uh, uh, product in bulk quantities all across the world and uh, since clear back into the early 90s. We have some clients who've used it for the better part of 15 years treating hundreds of millions of gallons of diesel fuel. So your, the simple answer to your question is the thing that sets it apart is it's not new. It's just for the first time being offered to the general public and for the most part here in the United States. Yeah, that's what, that's what I really meant by new is just to the general public. And because I was kind of surprised to see that, um, I mean, it could the same thing can be used in diesel and, and gas because usually you have two separate you know, products for those kind of fuels. Yep. 
And part of that is is that there are different detergents and lubricants that are specific to those types of fuels inherent in this very concentrated product. A uh, Like Mike said earlier, a two-ounce uh, bottle of this, when you do the math, will treat um, 160 gallons of fuel. So just a quarter of an ounce, which we have in single-dose packages, four-ounce, six-ounce, or eight-ounce, 16-ounce, and all the way up to gallons and 55-gallon drums for bulk storage – um, can be used in a very economical way. Here's the way to think about it. In in less in most cases, less than a 2% increase in fuel economy by using this product will more than pay for the product and put money back in the pocket of the person paying the cost of the fuel. Yeah, and we, we want to get into the cost versus savings. And, and uh, Donna, you're on here too, right? I'm here. I'm listening and, and just waiting. <laughs> yeah, because I know... Um, I mean, the fuel cost, I mean, although it's gone down from, you know, 08 and the recession when it hit us, I mean, it's still pretty high. And we hear from a lot of owner-operators that, I mean, they're they're just some, a lot of them just barely keeping their heads above water. So uh, the cost per savings here is really an important thing we want to get across here. Oh, well, I, I tell you, I was looking at, at your data when you, you – I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but I've got this chart in front of me, and, and you know me with my uh, data and stats and graphs and everything. I, I just, like, love this stuff, and I'm such a cynic with data that unless, you know, I do the experiment or you or, you know, somebody I really know, I'm always so skeptical uh, about any results. So when you when you showed me all this – I was like floored. I was like, I called Mike up right away. I said, I don't believe this stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I just, I, just wanted, I just wanted to see. But Mike, y'all have uh, you or Syntech, y'all y'all have been doing your own testing, right? Correct. Yes, we've. I've. I actually use it in my own vehicle. I get an extra hundred extra miles per tank right now, and then I've I've introduced this product to you know hundreds of people and. They're just getting fantastic results. It's not only helping out with just the fuel economy, and uh, it's lowering their emissions too, up to 33% as well. So it's just, I'm very, I'm very blessed and very thankful for Mr. Winterhaller and everybody else for introducing this product to me, where I can provide it to the public and everybody else, and you know, provide samples to you to actually do your own test. Yeah, you did, and like I said, I, I only had enough sample to do it for a five-day period, and we're going to get into that data, but. Um, John, the test that your company has done, um, is there like a overall average mile per gallon increase that y'all are steadily seeing? We It ranges really depending on the type of user, the type of driving conditions, the type of vehicles, on average anywhere from 8 all the way up to 18%. We see others that come in that have more savings than that, but uh, I think to be safe to, to let the general public know they can expect at least 8, all the way up to 18, 18%, even more if possible. But really, it depends on how much that person really uh, desires for it to work, truly. Um, if they create a baseline and they know what their vehicle gets and then under similar circumstances like driving conditions track it, apples for apples, they'll see substantial results that are only by the way, monetary related. That doesn't reflect the environmental savings, doesn't reflect, reflect the maintenance savings either. Right. Well, you know, it's always good in something like this to be, uh, to be conservative with your figures, and then if it works out better for the consumer, well, that's just uh, better for them, you know, a better surprise, right? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. 
All right. Well, we're, we're talking with Mike Garcia of DieselTreatment.com and uh, John Winterholler of Syntec Global, and we're looking at the uh, extreme fuel treatment. And, and uh, like I said, I tested this product to see how it worked, and uh, then I worked up the data and, and sent it to uh, Mike. And, and I guess, John, you have that data as well, right? I do, yes. Okay, so so when we come back, let's let's look at that data and John, let's see uh, your perspective from that, and I'll give you a little bit a uh, little bit uh, our listeners a little bit more of uh, what I did and how I tested it, and um, say hello to everybody there in the chat room. KRBN News Talk, thanks for being here, and Patches and Craig and MASO7, appreciate it. So when we come back, we're going to go over the data that I did when we did the test, and uh, have John Winterholler of Syntec Global analyze it for you so just a short little break here and we will be right back as an owner operator you understand the importance of saving every dollar wherever you can and insurance is one of the biggest expenses a business owner can face rickquote.com works with over 50 of the top insurance carriers across the u.s. to bring you the best insurance coverage at the best price if you're an owner-operator, small fleet owner, freight broker, freight forwarder, whatever your trucking business entails, rigquote.com can save you money, and in today's economy, we all know how important that is. They also offer a wide selection of discounts that can even save you more of your hard-earned money. Discounts like having already been an owner-operator, business experience discount, a CDL discount, radius of operation discount, and they can even take care of your truck insurance filings. You can get a price quote in five minutes or less right from their website, rigquote.com, or give them a call toll-free at 888-701-1795, rigquote.com, making trucking insurance simplified. And be sure to tell them that Alan Smith sent you. Okay, well, like I said earlier, I performed my own test on the extreme fuel treatment and uh, worked up the uh, worked up a data sheet, sent it to Mike, and Donna, you have that too, right? I have it, yes. So let's get into those test results and um, how extreme worked for me. Um, well, I found, you know, and I, I think we should tell everybody that you, you always keep a, a log in your uh, truck, uh, you know, that measures miles driven, gallons filled, miles per gallon. So that data is pretty much you keep anyway. I mean, that's just something you do, right? Yeah, yeah, it's in the truck, so it was really easy to do. And the type of type of work I'm in, I didn't have time to check it every day. You know, I just, I just did what Mike told me. I put two ounces in for every tank full. And it was over a, a course of 17 days. I started exactly on uh, August 1st taken the previous uh, previous five days before I started the treatment. And then on the 6th, on the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, I, I uh, added the uh, extreme. And then from the 11th to the 17th, uh, I stopped adding it to let it kind of deplete out of the system to see how it works. So this truck I drive, uh, now this is hauling gasoline, so it's always at 80,000 pounds, heavy loads. We do a lot of city driving, stop and go. So, John, like you were saying, there's a lot of variables in the driving. So I, I thought this was a good test, you know, with the city driving and stop and going and the heavy weight. And um, so the truck I drive averages about six and a half miles per gallon. Uh, 
on the 10th day of August, the last day I put the uh, extreme in, the miles per gallon had gone up to 8.07. So, John, if you have that data, um, how did you interpret that data that we that we provided for you? Well, first of all, I, I think that uh, it speaks very well to the type of data that we've collected almost identically now for the last 20 years as this product's been sold around the globe. Um, in a very short period of time, um, you can see that the the fuel treatment was incorporated into the fuel usage, and you saw a substantial increase on a percentage basis of the fuel economy going from 578 all the way up to 8.7. Um, the thing that's best, I think, about the test results that you got is the way that you conducted it in that your load was always the same. You used an 80,000-pound load, same driver, virtually the same types of routes with the combination of highway and city driving. And so this is the type of data, the type of results that we would expect that anyone who legitimately wanted to test it would receive. The average savings in your test, the way I figured it, was about 26% in fuel economy over about that 10-day period. If you factor that in at 26%, let's even take it down to 20% off the, the cost of fuel today at around $2 and let's say $2.70, uh, $0.20 percent on that is 54 cents a gallon savings minimum that you achieved in that test. That usually gets people's attention when they know that instead of paying 270 a gallon, subtract 54 cents off of that, the cost of the product is minimal. So really you're getting about um, a 50 cent gallon cost, meaning that the fuel really only cost about $2.20 in the end, a substantial savings for anyone driving today. Well, yeah, you know, and like I said, I, um, uh... I didn't have time to worry about, you know, what how the data was going to come out. I mean, it's it's a it's a high stressful job. You got to keep moving, you know. So it was probably a week or so later after I started collecting the data and getting it all together. But it was real interesting because, like you said, on the very first day I started eight one August first, uh, the mile per gallon was at five point seven eight, and that could have been an extreme day of driving. You know, we do a lot of a lot of city driving, but. Um, Averaging around 6.5, and it was real interesting to see every day, once, when I put the data together, every day the miles per gallon went up. And, for instance, so our listeners can hear, they can't see the chart, uh, on August 6th when I first started adding the extreme, my miles per gallon was averaging 6.81. The next day it was 7.08. The next day 7.27, then 7.37. And then on the fifth day, on the 10th, 8.07. Then I stopped using the extreme. I wanted to uh, let it, the treatment work, the, work its way out of the system to get depleted. And uh, on the 11th, the, the next day after I stopped using the treatment, the miles per gallon was 7.69. And then from the uh, 12th to the 17th, the miles per gallon went to 7.43, 7.03, 6.91, 6.81, 6.76, and 6.51. So Donna, it was real interesting to see when I started when I started adding the extreme. The, you could physically see the mile per gallon go up, and then when it started being depleted out of the system, it worked its way back down. Well, what I found interesting was, uh, yeah, it was incredible. You you saw it low. 
when it wasn't in, then gradually higher, 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 and then when it was stopped, it kind of went down a little bit for a day or two, and then you could see the big drop down again. Um, <clears throat> what, what I do find very interesting, I wish we could have had a couple of more, or you could have had a couple of days adding, adding the statement, because we never got to see it plateau out. And what I mean by that is uh, you stopped it when it was on the incline. It was up to 8.07. Uh, However, I wonder if you would have kept using it another five days, how much farther that would have gone up. Would it have reached 9? Would it have reached 10? I mean, you know, that's data we don't have. And, um, you know, hindsight's great. You know, you're looking back and go, well, gee, we should have had more uh, product. We could have had some better data here. But uh, anyway, just with what you had, I, I, I think it, it was pretty impressive. And you know how I am looking at statistics. I'm like, you know, a hound over here. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna try to do a we're gonna try to do another t test uh, to make it longer because this was for like a five day period that I use a product. I like to do like a four or five week thing. But one thing I do want to add too, real quick, is uh, really the first the very first thing I noticed, and it was probably within the first 24 hours, was a much smoother running engine. The engine was the engine just quieted down and just ran a lot of just ran a lot smoother. And I've been in this truck for, you know, about four years now, so I know every feel of it. And then as it began, began depleting out of the system, that little roughness and uh, previous operational status of the engine returned. So, John, you know, you, you made me a believer. I mean, I, I saw it with my own eyes. Well, you gave the comment that most people in the trucking industry give us first off, and that's that I, I didn't hear as much noise. My truck ran quieter. I felt more power. It just seemed to run smoother. And only a, an owner-operator or someone who drives a truck like that would know that, that difference and what a huge impact that can have. Then if you look at the amount of exhaust that comes out, even with our ultra-low sulfur diesel standards, diesel standards that we have out there, burning about 20 to 30% more efficiently causes a 30-plus percent reduction in, in pollutants and emissions coming out. So everything's working together through our enhanced lubricants, our detergents, the demulsifiers to keep the water from going through your engine, the corrosion inhibitors, rust protectants, and the uh, combustion catalyst, the organometallic combustion catalyst that burns that fuel more efficiently all combined to make sure that you get the maximum performance for the fuel that you're putting in that truck. And that's our goal along with you, and that's why we provide a 100% money-back guarantee for all uh, purchases that come from Syntec Global of XFT. Yeah, and Mike, they, they can get this from uh, dieseltreatment.com, correct? Yes, sir. They can always they can get it from dieseltreatment.com, and we actually do have a special on there, too, as well, and that if you buy a 16-ounce bottle, or, you know, purchase a 16-ounce bottle, you actually get a 4-ounce bottle for free, too, as well. So basically you're getting 20 ounces for the price of 16. And just okay. to put that in perspective, that, that's enough to treat 1,200 gallons of fuel for 16 ounces. We're throwing in another 320 gallons of treatment uh, for that first purchase. Okay, and John, I can see, uh, I mean, if I was on, if I was still an owner-operator, I'd be jumping on it. Um, so let, let, I want to I want you to go over again to make it clear here the cost per savings. I mean, if you can put okay. it into a, a, a dollar amount, I mean that's what owner operators understand. You know, you start talking Understood. dollars, 
their ears perk up. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, obviously, as with any product, the more product you buy, the cheaper it gets. But let's take, uh, let's say, over a period of time, one gallon of XFT treats uh, 10,000 gallons of fuel. Over a year-plus period of time, that's an easy amount to go through for a, for a driver who's hard on the road and, and uh, out there all the time. So let's take that price. We can get the price at about 8 to $0.10 cents a gallon to treat a gallon of, of fuel, meaning that at $0.10 cents a gallon, you would, you would be paying instead of 270 a gallon, you'd be paying 280 to treat the fuel with XFT. However, if you achieved a 20% savings off that 28, that would be 50, 56 cents in savings, a net savings of 46 cents a gallon back into that owner-operator's pocket. And that's what we're very confident that they'll achieve. And so um, if it's 10%, you're still going to save uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 cents a gallon. 20%, you're going to be saving 50 cents a gallon and upwards from there. Times that by the hundreds and thousands of gallons a year that any trucker uh, goes down the road, and we're literally talking thousands of dollars of savings back into their pocket. That's net the cost of the XFT. Oh, yeah, and, and Donna, you had, you kind of put the figures for this uh, uh, cost for savings too, didn't you? Uh, well, I was doing all kinds of figures. You know me, I was trying to figure monthly and yearly and Really, it just depends. You know, the the driver has to, uh, the owner operator has to just know how many how many miles uh, a month they drive, how many gallons, and then figure it from there. You know, just subtract fifty, approximately fifty six cents uh, from uh, each gallon that they pay, and multiply it by how many gallons they use, and then each person has their own individual. But they, I'm sure they understand. Uh, you know. If you're saving even only fifty cents a gallon, um, that's that's quite a significant. Uh, I, I was just blown away by the data itself. I, I mean, I wish everybody could see this. I think uh, Mike has it posted somewhere on his website. Um, Mike, do you have oh, the graph? I'm not sure. If yes, I, I, I actually I actually will be putting the graph up a little bit later on this this evening. I'll be putting that graph up there so everybody can actually see the graph. And, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, I was blown away, like you said, too. It's just incredible. When you called me up, I was just like, wow, this is incredible. Yeah, uh, because, you know, uh, anybody can say anything. And, of course, everybody out there knows that, you know, if we say something is something, then then it really happened because, you know, that's just who we are over here and what everybody knows us for. But um, I'm the most cynical person. I mean, I don't believe any. I look at data, and I the first thing I think of is how was that fudge? And uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Donna, that's what you said too. What you told me that too as well. She goes, Michael, I can't believe this. It's incredible. <laughs> Alan, let me make an offer here to your listeners, and that's that as they listen to this and think it's too good to be true, I will make myself personally available, working with Mike and anyone who wants to call and go over their individual situation. What kind of truck do they have? How long do they drive? What kind of fuel economy are they getting? Let's do some projections, and let's find out how we can best help them test the product and get the maximum benefit from it if they're interested. Well, that's a good deal. Uh, very good. Hey, Mike, what's your number if people want to, you know, call you? Or we, we have a number that, uh, you know, one of you can be reached at? Yes, 
623-340-5560. That's 623-340-5560. And their phone's 24-7. It's on 24-7. Okay. Well, okay, and John, you're uh, I, I know you're the CEO president of uh, Centech Global. I guess that they can find out more, too, there at CentechGlobal.com. Is that right? They certainly can. There's contact information, and if they'd identify themselves as coming from your program, we'll gladly extend whatever specials and things that came through the program to them. So uh, we'd be pleased to talk to any and all people interested in learning more about our product. Okay, sounds good. Well, I saw it work with my own eyes, and um, I don't have any, um, you know, any reason to uh, throw this out there except that it just worked. I mean, I, I just something that I wanted to do because I'd heard so much about it. So, um, owner operators understand dollars and cents. So when you start talking, uh, you know, twenty five, fifty cents a gallon, I'm sure their ears will pick perk up. Yeah, Mike. That's just what we hope happens. Number out one more time for them. It's 623-340-5560. That's 623-340-5560. And that's, that, they can reach me worldwide on that number. It doesn't matter. Dieseltreatment.com. That's a nice, easy one to remember. It's okay. very simple. All right. Well, Mike, John, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Very much my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, um, yeah, it was really kind of fun to do this test, too, you know, uh, just something I wanted to do and, and see, well, let's see if this thing really works. And uh, and it did. And I'll be doing a blog post, too, about about this, and I'll probably put the uh, put the data sheet up there. It's a PDF file that, that you can see it yourself. And we're going to try to do another test uh, like a four- or five-week period and see how that works out. So um, thanks again to Mike Garcia of DieselTreatment.com and uh, John Winterholler of Syntec Global. Uh, so uh, check it out, drivers, uh, owner-operators. Man, I think owner-operators and uh, fleets, you know, trucking company fleets should be looking at this. I mean, Donna, there's some big savings to make, be made in this thing. I mean, if you can add even one mile per gallon, uh, still some big savings to be made here. Yeah, it's 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 very, very impressive. I mean, I'm, I'm still looking at it, and it's very impressive data, and uh, – you know, I think I think it's worth just to give it a shot themselves. Uh, everybody's, you know, complaining that, you know, it's really hard to make it out there um, with the price of fuel and with the price of everything. So this would just offset all of that. And I'm really glad that uh, we, we found Mike because uh, he's a great person. He's a great human being, and he's honest, and, and uh, he has very high integrity. So I was really glad to be able to talk with him. Yeah, it's good people. So, uh uh, again, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. So check it out, drivers, the Extreme Fuel Treatment, dieselfueltreatment.com. And uh, when we come back, let's talk about hourly pay for all truck drivers. Our number is 347-826-9170. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live. Take a little break. We'll be right back. Here's Rob Anthony of robanthony.com with his tribute to truck drivers down the road. We will be right back, and we're going to talk about this hourly pay for truck drivers so think about it and let us know what you think be right back sun sets down on the painted sky it's always hard to say goodbye 
or even cents per mile. So we'll talk about that too. Yeah, well, we had um, we have one of our international lister, listeners, um, uh, Rusty from New Zealand. He wrote me an email. He kind of put a he kind of put New Zealand in perspective with the U.S. I thought it was an interesting thing he sent. Uh, he says truckers in New Zealand are paid on an hourly basis, and the average pay rate for an experienced driver in New Zealand is 18 to $20 per hour based on a 45-hour week. Uh, now, he said that this might seem high, but doesn't seem high to me. Actually, it seems kind of low. But um, he said you have to put things in perspective from the U.S. In, and New Zealand, you know, for example. I mean, a four liter of milk costs $5.40, and uh, the average house price for a three-bedroom home on a third-acre section in a reasonable-sized city is 380000 to $450,000. Wow. And if you want to... Uh, go uh, family grocery shopping and fill that cart for a family of four for a week, he says You be- in New Zealand you better be prepared to fork over around $400. Wow. And uh, here's a real kicker. If you want a new Jeep Cherokee, <laughs> if you live in New Zealand and you want to go out and buy yourself a new Jeep Cherokee, you can expect to shell out how much you think, Donna? Mm, 35000 65 grand. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so let's put it in perspective of diesel here for our truckers. Fill in your tank. The current price of diesel in New Zealand is is a one point, I guess a dollar point one eight eight per metric liter. That's how they sell it over there. So if my math is correct, uh, there's four and a half liters to a U.S. gallon. So that would make a, a gallon of diesel in New Zealand five dollars and thirty five cents a gallon, and over forty percent of the price fuel is tax levy. So um, eighteen and twenty eighteen to twenty dollars an hour in New Zealand. One of our uh, international listeners is letting us know that's not that much here in the U.S. So um, we just had so many comments. In fact, I printed out sixteen pages of comments, and um, some are for, some are some are not. But I, again, I was surprised at how many people were for the hour. Uh, uh, one one guy wrote. Um, if you paid by the hour, there would be no incentive to work, you know, and and might be some truth to that. But you look over just about almost all of them were for the hourly rate, which really surprised me. But then again, how do you determine an hourly rate for the various sections of drivers? I mean, you've got dry van, you've got reefer, you've got specialized haulers. And what about the guy or gal hauling that $50 million uh, yacht down the road. Uh, you're going to pay them the same as you pay a, call haul, a car hauler, or you're going to pay them the same that you pay uh, a dry van hauler. So this is one of the problems, Donna, I see where, you know, how are you going to establish an hourly rate? Well, I don't know, especially um, with the classification of unskilled labor that um, drivers have. Uh, I wonder how that would be established, or would the company itself, you know, establish they can make out whatever hourly rate they want to pay their drivers. I mean, it's their company. So uh, right now, what about, you know, being paid like a, a, a minimum and then by the load combination? How do you think that might work out? Well, we had some like that. Some said you get, get paid by the mile plus by the load. I mean, uh, the more I thought about it, um, you know, I think one good way would be maybe just have a um, – 
just a flat rate, you know, just a minimum. I think the biggest thing drivers have a problem with is the way the money comes in. I mean, one week you might make a thousand, another week you might make three fifty, the next week you might make seven hundred, and it's really hard to budget that way. I think the biggest thing I saw out of the comments were if they just, you know, were certain and just knew what their check was going to be on Friday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you, you think what would what would prevent a lot of the retaliation that goes on. In other words, okay, if you say, uh, okay, I can't uh, do that, I've got something wrong with my truck, and, you know, it needs to be fixed, and, well, no, go ahead and run it, and, you know, all that stuff that goes on, and and there's some kind of a confrontation with the dispatcher, and all of a sudden the driver turns around, and uh, instead of, you know, 2,500 miles, he gets 1,000 miles that week. And, you know, if you if the way I look at it is if you pay a minimum, have some kind of guaranteed minimum, and it also measured by the load, and then once you go over that minimum, then in excess you get paid for that, uh, that would, I believe, alleviate uh, a lot of this retaliation that goes on uh, among uh, drivers. And I'd be very curious, um, you know, what the chat room thinks about that and then the callers because I, I can't see the chat and I don't know what's going on. But um, to me, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, another thing, I, I really believe this whole thing with um, waiting to be unloaded and loaded uh, interferes with driver's sleep time and it, it interferes with a lot of things. And how many hours do drivers just spend waiting? just waiting. And I, I think that that really upsets them not to be paid for those hours because they add up. Yeah, they might get paid after two hours. But you know what? Two hours is a long time not to be paid. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's the shippers and receivers supposed to pay that, uh, you know, detention time. But uh, I was surprised the amount of drivers I heard from saying that they weren't getting that. So, I mean, you know, just another thing that goes on in the trucking industry. So that's one way that hourly rates do. But, uh, I mean, I, I say it won't ever happen. I mean, you know, this is just something we're kicking around because it makes good conversation, like I said. But um, Well, I could see something happening, you know, like a, a compromise of some sort or, well, uh, you know, <clears throat> something to fix the problems that go on uh, with the pay and, and you know, with just – the biggest thing with me is I get very upset when we get the retaliation type of emails. I, I really get very, very upset over that. And I think to myself, what could stop that? You know, and, and there's some wise guys that will say, well, if you just tell them that you're not going to take that load. And, and you know what? You know, let's get real here. You know, <laughs> you're working for a company. They can fire you for that, and uh, you know what do you do? You have a family waiting for a paycheck. So yeah, what 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 was that term? Wise guys? Is that an Italian thing? Yeah, like a lot of wise guys will will come back. Yeah, I'd like to see some dispatcher tell me and all like that. Well, you tell the guy with five kids at home that hasn't had time to search out another company, and you know to to take that chance of getting yeah. uh, uh, fired by that. So, I mean, you know, <clears throat> I would like to see these retaliation tactics uh, used by the companies stopped and 
and and that's why I thought of a minimum guaranteed pay. That would take care of all that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I say it won't ever happen because of a few reasons. First, in order for an entire industry to switch its standard of pay, it would take an act of Congress to make it happen. And, th- and that won't happen because how can they tell an employer how to pay their employees? They can't. And, I mean, although, you know, who knows, they may be trying. But secondly, I don't think it will ever happen because all drivers would have to get on board and push for such an issue. And we know that that's not going to happen because there's a lot for it, a lot are against it. And an, an employer has a right to choose their means of pay as long as they abide by labor laws and such issues. And the driver, uh, it's up to them to accept that form of pay. So nobody can just come along and change an entire industry's way of paying their employees. I mean, it would have to take an act of legislation. Well, you know, that's very true. And uh, really, you know, drivers need to come together, and they're, and they're not on this. This is an issue that uh, they're very – passionate one way or the other. I mean, you can get on a forum and there's somebody so passionate about getting paid by the hour and then the next person answering back is coming out with all the reasons why that isn't going to work, why it's going to work against them. And then they're both very, you know, they both put up a good argument and, uh, you know, they both make sense. So it would have to be something uh, in the middle, I think, somewhere and you know, to make it all work. Actually, if they, truthfully, if they really would just get paid um, by the hour or or some way for the time they sit and to eliminate any kind of retaliation tactic, I think drivers would be very, very happy with those two things uh, eliminated. Well, I think the majority of drivers would be, ha- would be happy if they just had a guaranteed minimum. I mean, at least you could budget, you know. I mean, if you could, if you could say, um, you know, the, well, you know, you're guaranteed a minimum of a thousand a week, but then you have drivers out there making more than that. So it's 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 such a so many variables. Uh, there's no way drivers or the industry could come together to uh, even make such a thing happen. Well, then, and then if the freight is slow and and they still are. are uh, uh, made to pay a thousand a week, the companies are, you know, obligated to pay a thousand a week. Then, you know, that's a big risk too. I mean, maybe it would be seven fifty a week or, or something like that. Uh, but you know, that's another idea right there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but there's another main reason why, why this will, um, why. I- Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with the Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, 
they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. Okay, we're back. Um, like I said, it's kind of fun really talking about this topic. Uh, boy, drivers, they, they get worked up over this. You know, I mean, we hear from drivers who uh, uh, are making, you know, Fifteen hundred, two thousand a week, you know, uh, hauling specialized loads, and they suggest that all drivers should just go to that. Don't haul anything less than three dollars a mile. Well, but how do you do that in this industry? I mean, I'm sure. Um, I mean, that's logical sense, but and the, I'm, I'm sure most veteran drivers know that. But the majority of uh, jobs in this com- in this country don't pay anything like that. So. Um, that's just one of the things that uh, will just make this thing impossible. But, Donna, you're still there before I get into this. Well, you had some announcements? Yeah, I have a few announcements. Um, first of all, I want to say hi to everybody. And I know we've got some people um, out in Gats that are listening to us tonight. I wish we could have been there. That's the uh, oh, yeah, that's going on. Uh-huh, Great American Truck Show. Uh, we were hoping to attend. It, it didn't happen. Um but, oh, well, there's always next year, and we did get to go last year, and, and it was great. We had a booth, and it was a lot of fun. So hi out there to, to everybody there that's listening in from there. Um, I also want to uh, uh, mention about September 15th, uh, which is a national call-in day to, to Senator Schumer's office. And um, let's see, that's 202-224-6542, and that is for the National Call-In Day for Jason's Law, again, Hope Rivenberg, who is the widow of Jason Rivenberg, uh, will be making one more trip up to Washington. This will be her third trip. She, uh, she is doing everything she can to prevent anything like happened to uh, her husband, who was uh, who was shot and killed uh, while he uh, laid on the side to uh, rest before his delivery. So this uh, Jason's Law, again, September 15th, call in to uh, Senator Schumer's office at 202-224-6542. And let's support Hope as she uh, supports all of, all of us in her efforts to have more safe truck parking, and that is her mission and her goal, and I'll tell you what, she is relentless. Now, this 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 thing is, like we've said, is sitting in the subcommittee, so uh, calling Schumer and these senators, that's the that's the first step to get this thing moving, then I take it. Well, it's, it's we've seen a tremendous um, uh, following all of a sudden in the last week. Uh, people are really spreading this. I've never seen it spread uh, so much as this, and we also have people down in um, in Dallas right now at GATS talking to drivers 
and discussing the need for this again. And we're getting word back that, you know, as many people who know about it, there's that many who don't. And these are drivers. So, uh, you know, we, we really thank everybody for the efforts. We've got some people on Facebook that are just blowing Facebook up, uh, spreading this around. We've got um, Danielle and uh, well, I can't I can't even mention all of them because if I leave one out, you know, I'm going to feel very, very bad. So <laughs> to everybody who's really pushing on this, um, you know, we're just so grateful for you. We're so grateful for Hope and Congressman Tonko of New York who started the bill. And now we're going to get Senator Schumer who started another legislation in the um, – and that – Part, uh, for the senators, we're going to get him to, to start getting his uh, buddies over there to start signing on with this because we need to get this out of that subcommittee and into law. And, you know, it, enough is enough now. Um, also, I want to say hi to uh, David Ayers is out in Dallas. Um, he's one of the writers of the CD, um, When the Big Rigs Don't Roll. And as everybody knows, we had that uh, show last week. It was a CD release party. It went very well. We had a huge audience. And uh, one thing I do want to mention, um, I spoke to Barry, Barry Allen, the other songwriter, and he was saying that some of the people aren't using that link, um, which gives uh, proportions funds to go right to Hope Rivenberg. So if if you're going to get the CD, When the Big Rigs Don't Roll, which has the song Say a Prayer for Jason, uh, please go. Uh, we have the link right on our website, com. Right on the top, it says Big Rig Fund or Big Rig CD. And click on that and, and order it from there. And that ensures that a portion of those funds uh, does go to the Rivenbergs. Yeah, because it uh, costs a lot of money to go back and forth. Uh, you know, this is the thing. She's paying for all this. Yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah, out of her own pocket, she's paying for it. This, this is incredible. And, um, I mean, here, this woman, she lost her husband. She has three children, three years and under. And she makes these trips because she is so passionate uh, about the safe trucker parking, and she just does not want anyone else to go through this and um it's just i mean it's just crazy when you think about it you know if 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 you can buy the cd because you want to that's wonderful a portion will go to her if you just want to donate you can just go to the uh the rivenberg site which you just google you know jason rivenberg website or jason's law or it's jhlrivenberg.com there's a little donation button but either way um, this woman's out there supporting drivers and out of her own pocket and with all her heart. And Hope never tells a soul what she does for people. She's probably the most humble. If I'm not here telling you now, you won't know it from her. No. She isn't going to say a word. She just goes ahead and does it. So that's what makes it so much more important for us to speak for her. Because we know she's not going to do it. So September 15th is a national national call-in day. That's that's it. And of course, you know we're going to have it all on the website. Uh, we're, we're you know it'll it'll be all around. And like I said, there's so many people now supporting this um, that 
it, it, you're going to hear a lot more about it in the next two weeks on other people's websites and other people's blogs and Facebook and Twitter. It's, it's going to be all out there. So, you know, you'll be able to see the numbers call. Okay, sounds good. So, all right, September 15th, National Call-In Day for Jason's Law. Um, and these shows are archived, so if you missed it live, of course, you can go to our page and listen to them, get that number to uh, Senator Schumer's office, and call them up and let them know that you want Jason's Law. It's just as simple as that. And, and you know, I had a, you know, that reminds me, too, I had a comment here that we received. Let me find it here. Um, um <clears throat> Roy Bird wrote us, and he says uh, about this hourly pay thing, he says, I know I'm in the minority because I'm a happy camper with my job, but you OTR drivers especially need to do more than just send a comment to Mr. Smith's Facebook page. We all need to contact our elected officials, the folks at the Department of Labor, FMCSA, and all that. And I recently spoke to somebody at FMCSA to ask questions about the CSA 2010. He told me he's gotten calls from about, only from about a dozen drivers. So it's simple as an email to start. The, the OIDA, Teamsters, et cetera, don't speak for all of us, and there are only a couple voices compared to the hundreds of thousands of truck drivers with a voice that deserves to be heard. And, you know, that's really a good point. I mean, we appreciate everybody on Ask the Trucker, on Truth About Trucking Live, and on our Facebook and Twitter page. But really, to be honest, if that's all you're doing, uh, really what are we accomplishing I mean, it's going to take that effort to pick up the phone and call the senator's office. I mean, don't you agree, Donna? I mean, there's got to be some action here. We well, that's just it. And a lot of people, and I wrote this, a lot of people have lip service, and, and they mean things with all their heart. They're for things, whatever it is, with all their heart, and they wish and they hope. But you know what? Wishing and hoping is going to get you so far. If you have something that you really want and desire, you need to take five minutes out, no matter what that is, make the effort, whether it be an email or a phone call, just take the effort, put the time in your, in your day aside to do it. Can you imagine if everyone did that, how much would be accomplished in this industry? Because I'll tell you what, arguing on the forums and, you know, posting and everything, that's, you know, great amongst one another. But getting uh, action done and, and things changed, you, to be a mover and shaker, you got to do things. And that's why I told uh, Danielle over at Trucker Strike, oh, wait, you're a real mover and shaker because she talks and then she does. So we thank her a whole lot for her, all her efforts. Yeah, well, that's what it takes. I mean, I mean, we appreciate the listeners to the show and everybody on Ask the Trucker and and uh, our Facebook page. I mean, don't get us wrong. I mean, don't stop. <laughs> I mean, we like that, but that's that's not enough. That's not that's not going to get anything done. That's not going to get Jason's law passed. What it's going to take is the national call-in day, emailing, calling the senators, and letting them know that Jason's law is needed. And uh, that's what you want. That's, that's what's needed in this country to make our to make our drivers have a more safe and secure parking area so i hope everybody will join in on that september 15th national call-in day um and even even what roy was saying i mean he had a problem with csa 2010 well first of all you can go to the fmcsa website and if you want to dedicate a couple hours to educate yourself you can read everything there and then if you still have questions call 
and then that's another example. Uh, people are complaining about CSA 2010, and yet what are they doing besides complaining? Make the call. If you have a suggestion, if you feel something's wrong, let them know. Let them mark it down because if enough people call with that same suggestion, that's going to put up a red flag and say, you know what, we need to look at this a little closer. Yeah, I don't think he was complaining. I think what he was doing, he was getting a point across. I mean, he said, "Oh yeah, no, I I know." Oh, okay, you got it. Because with all with all the blogging, with all the forums, with all the talk shows, uh, with all the articles, um, somebody at F FMCSA said that they'd only gotten calls from about a dozen drivers. So, uh, you know, the forums are great. You know, truth about trucking live. Appreciate the listeners and callers, but if you don't pick up the phone and take some action. Uh, what's being accomplished. You know, that's just my point here. So um, so let's wrap it up here. What about this hourly pay? It's not ever going to happen. And here's the main reason why I say it won't ever happen. Um, the U.S. Department of State and the Wage and Hour Division classifies drivers as unskilled labor. And the reason a country has unskilled labor is to keep wages down. And there's two types of wages. There's a market-determined wage, and that's a level of wage where supply meets demand in a given skills level. And then there's the government-mandated minimum wage. And often this is above the market-determined wage for the unskilled workers, but by artificially forcing wages higher through a um, government-mandated wage, by um, specifically by imposing a standard wage on a certain infrastructure or or market like the trucking industry, inflation rate would would rise. But if uh, if uh, productivity didn't rise by at least a corresponding amount, then trucking companies and businesses uh, would be forced to stop additional hiring or lay off drivers, or, or even worse, just close down. And the um, I mean, we all know the skilled labor always have wages higher than government mandated minimum wage because skilled laborers can just walk out of a job, leave the company if they're not getting paid what they think they deserve. So so here's where the classification of truck drivers as unskilled labor really comes in and why countries, not just the U.S., will always maintain a certain level of unskilled laborers. A country's um, unskilled labor pool exists in order to keep wages down, it keeps inflation low, and it keeps businesses and corporate profits high. So if profits are high for a particular business or corporation, uh, in this incident, the trucking industry, then they will continue to hire and provide jobs for the uh, people of that particular country. So even in a single occupation of work, like the truck driver, at any given time, there are thousands of market-determined wages for drivers among thousands of trucking companies in the U.S. So driver pay in the U.S. is a market-determined wage where supply meets demand. And regardless of the rhetoric you will hear about a truck driver shortage, most of us believe that there is no such thing. So we have a supply of truck drivers in this country, along with the classification of drivers as unskilled labor, with supply and demand setting the stage for a market-determined wage for all truck drivers. So by classifying professional truck drivers as unskilled, their wages remain low, uh, providing higher profit margins for the employer and helping to stabilize the global 
uh, economical impact on all developing countries. It, it all has to do with the entire scope of global economics. So this is how world economics works. So to suddenly classify truck drivers as skilled labor, wages would go up, uh, inflation would go up, company profits would go down, and that's not how countries work. And too many, too many companies would go out of business. So because of all this, hourly pay for truck drivers will never happen. So that's my take on it, Donna. Well, now there's another, uh, I don't know if this is uh, part of the discussion, but it's what I was thinking of. Anyway, um, if if drivers were paid decently, uh, a set amount according to their years, um, if they weren't starved out, like we spoke about a little bit before, and if the uh, CDL training schools uh, if that was kept under control, all, all the new drivers coming in, uh, moving the, the freight cheap with, because they're getting 17, 18 cents a mile. I mean, I think this, this adds to the frustration of drivers where they want to talk about getting paid by the hour because they're competing with people coming in getting paid 17, 18 cents an hour. And sometimes, you know, for for many reasons, uh, you know, they're they're starved out. And this is nothing new. I mean, this is just old hat. It's been talked about for a long time. So I don't. It really has nothing to do with being paid by the hour, but it has all to do with the fairness of being paid. And I, I think that is really what drivers are upset about: is the fairness of their of their wages. Yeah, because why would one driver over here? Uh, make twelve, fifteen hundred a week on a regular basis, while another driver over here is uh, make, taking three hundred sixty dollars at home. There's there's such a wide variable in this industry, and it's done on purpose. I mean, we get back to the starter companies and and um, you know using these new drivers and everything for cheap labor and keep that rotation of drivers going to keep bringing in the rotation of cheap labor. I mean, we know all that. We've been talking and posting about that for five years, but this is such a powerful industry. Without all the drivers together on anything, nothing's ever going to happen. Well, you know, you're you're fighting a, a big army, okay, and uh, what what gets people together, well, that's just that people have to be together and in agreement and do something and uh that's the thing that why you say things never are going to happen because there there isn't any uh, real cohesive uh uh thoughts or or actions all in one you know everybody has such a different opinion and they all argue about it and they all have valid points about it so unless uh unless somebody you know stands up to the plate and and says okay you know, let's do it this way, and everybody goes, okay, let's do it this way. I know. <laughs> then it's just not going to happen. Well, you know, well, one thing we have accomplished, though, is uh, getting this type of information out there to uh, the CDL students and new drivers to the industry. I mean, I mean, in the years past, veteran drivers know all this. They know everything that goes on. They, I can't tell them one thing that they don't already know, but – Nobody was telling the CDL students and new drivers coming into the industry. Well, now it is being heard, it's being blogged about, written about, talked about. So at least that's some kind of, you know, oh, power or something that these 
guys and gals just starting out, at least they know well, that this stuff exists. So. Well, just the example, I mean, just off the top of my head, when all this started happening, the, all the talk about sleep apnea, years ago, somebody could make a statement, and everybody read it as truth. Now, we 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 confront, and when I say we, it's it's Alan, I, and all the other people who have decided to not just accept things, but to uh, you know confront with the truth of what's really going on here. So in the past, you know, you you pick up a magazine, you read it, oh, okay, that's what's going on, all right, and it and it was over. But now people are reading things, they're saying, wait a minute. I want to look into this a little more closely, and there's a lot more people investigating things and confronting and and asking questions and not just accepting it. So I think that's a great thing that I'm seeing on the Internet right now. Blog after blog after blog are speaking about all these issues going on and making people accountable for uh, for their thoughts, for their writings, and for their actions. And a big example of that is just CSA 2010. There have been a lot of alterations made in that because people have spoken up, a lot of people, uh, including us. And uh, and that's what makes what what makes things work in life is people. And that it goes back to what you were saying before, Alan. You know, taking action is letting your voice be heard. Because if you don't, what does Fred Schaffner say? Um, speak up, or or I forgot his saying, but it's a really great saying. Yeah, um, uh, stand up, speak out, or accept what happens. There you go. So you can't complain if, if things don't work out the way you want them to, if you haven't done it, if you haven't tried, if you haven't at least written an email to somebody. Uh, then you just have to accept what happens. Yeah, well, I just look at, uh, you know, what we started, you know, five, six years ago and so many other people, you know, I, heck, I can't, I can't list them all, but so many others out there are now talking about, you know, such issues as, you know, the problem with the DAC report and, um, you know, the so-called truck driver shortage thing and the starving out of drivers. And, and Mo, I'm hearing from a lot of uh, older drivers who just tell me that they're, they're being shifted out of there to bring in the newer young blood at a lower rate. So, but years ago, nobody was talking about this. But just having this information out there now, and so many people talking about it openly and publicly, that is helping the newcomers to the industry. And to me, that is an accomplishment. Oh, big time! And you, well, you, you know, the thing is, they were talking about it years years ago among themselves. Well, among themselves and in the trucking forums. And who who knows what's going on in the trucking forums? But drivers only. Now, when it's out there, everybody sees it. It's it's blogged, not just truck drivers, but the the people who need to see it in order to um, make change. And it, it's just a whole different atmosphere now. It's not a bunch of people just complaining and moaning and groaning about their life and, and this company and that company and the other thing. Now it's something like, well, here's an issue. Let's talk about it. Let's blog about it, and let's get people going on what we're going to do about it. And that's that's the difference. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, there's still a lot of tackles. You know what's interesting is this truck driver shortage thing and how the media will still pick up on that and report it and 
And I haven't ran into one driver that believes there's a truck driver shortage. I mean, they talk about there's a shortage of um, qualified drivers, and I may go along with that a little bit. I'm not not haven't decided yet, but you know, you have the ATA out there talking about a, a truck driver shortage, the media picking it up and running with it. And what's aggravating is over here, you have another organization, OIDA, who's been around for a long time, and they're standing up saying there is no truck driver shortage, and never has been, but the media only picks up what the ATA says, and that's, that's frustrating. Well, that brings up another thing. I think um, uh, what you were saying is there was never a, a truck driver shortage. I think people are afraid that there is going to be a truck driver shortage because of CSA 2010. And we were talking about this amongst ourselves, just the fact that <clears throat> a lot of drivers, because now there's going to be a three-year look back, uh, could be losing their jobs. And these are not necessarily bad drivers. However, it, it, they've been put in situations in the past, over the last three years, that they've been forced to run illegally, uh, through dispatch saying, okay, you know, the guy will say I'm out of hours or the woman will say I'm out of hours, and, well, you know, just do what you can. And then they get caught. They get a log violation or uh, something wrong with the truck. Well, you know, I really can't run it. Well, yeah, you have to. Okay, they get a violation. So a lot of these people that could be losing their jobs because of uh, CSA 2010 and this three-year look back is not that they're bad drivers. Now, I'm not saying that a lot of bad drivers aren't going to lose their jobs because they've made very poor decisions. But just like you were saying the other day, these a lot of these drivers have just been put into a position where they didn't want to face any kind of retaliatory actions against them. Well, sure. And uh, they they just, you know, ended up with violations. Well, in the past, it didn't matter. Now, not only do, do are they going to have that three-year look back, but their PSP is going to look uh, terrible to be hired by anybody else. And it's really a sad state of affairs what what has happened because the maybe there wasn't a truck driver shortage before, but now with these um, three-year look-backs, uh, there very well uh, could be. And a lot of them aren't going to be because these are bad drivers, just people who made very, very poor decisions. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. Well, yeah, I think uh talked a lot about the CSA 2010 and even the FMCSA you know, says it's going to uh, it's going to impact a lot of drivers. I mean, they put it around saying it's going to impact, um, you know, a lot of trucking companies. You know, um, what what was it? Uh, boy, I mean, two hundred two hundred twenty five thousand trucking companies. Well, that's going to impact a lot of drivers. Well, that, that's sure, and it's it's really a a sad state of affairs. Um, I, you know, and I I brought this up before too. Um, you know, every point or violation that the driver gets, the company gets. And uh, a lot of these drivers have points on their uh, violations and very poor scores, lookbacks, because of the way they've been run by companies forced to do things. Uh, I found it very interesting that one of the proposals was that if we fire the driver, we should be able to have those points taken off of our scores. And I thought to myself, wow, how do you like that? 
you know, here you've forced the driver into having a, a, a terrible PSP because of their three-year look back of crash data and, bio, and roadside inspections. Now you want to get rid of him after he's done all that loyal service for you. And not only that, he's unhirable after that. Yeah. Because no one else will pick him up. So I, I just, I tell you, you know, you, you keep looking at it and saying to yourself, wow, this just isn't right. But people make decisions, and they're not always good decisions. On the other hand, you can't judge them because when you've got a family and you're afraid of, you know, any kind of retalia- retaliation taking place, then you go along with the program. and. And they consider you their best driver. What did that one guy say? He said, I'm afraid CSA 2010, we're going to lose our best drivers. Well, I have to wonder what in the world have they been doing? Yeah, I know. That you're the, they're your best drivers, and you're afraid they're going to lose uh, their jobs because of violations. Well, mm-hmm. I should tell you something. I know. I know. Well, we're winding up here. Uh, I got to get ready to. Uh, we'll cut it short here a little bit. I got to get ready. I've got an interview here coming up. I don't even know what they're interviewing me about. But uh, thanks, um, thanks Donna, Donna, for hanging with me. Oh yeah, I enjoy it. You know that. Yeah, I know. Got a ticket, never crossed the line Dinner's on the table, but it's gonna get cold Gotta get going, I've got freight too low Well, I was running through Atlanta doing 58 A four-wheeler cut me off, so I slammed my brakes Well, the truck went left, but the trailer threw right And I saw my life flash before my eyes Running the road Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands Can't get no helping hand 
Lord, have mercy on the, the trucking brand. I was fighting the wheel, and the next thing I know, I hit the sidewalk, and over I go. Falling so fast, I had no time to scream. Burning hot metal flying all around me. Well, I laid there for a minute, living out of my head. Not knowing if I was alive or dead. The highway patrol said, let me give you a hand. Then he laughed and said, son, you better check your pants. I'm just trying to make a living running the road. Loving my family from a cell phone. Nobody understands, can't get no helping hand. Lord, have mercy on the, the trucking brand. At me and my burning rig Checked out the damage that was done to the bridge Feeling a little crazy and dizzy in the head Barely heard the words that officer said $10,000 fine and your CDL is gone Better call your mama to come take you home Three million miles and never a glitch the four-wheeler only got a slap on the wrist I'm trying to make a living Running the road Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands Can't get no helping hand Lord, have mercy on the, the trucking brand The trucking brain. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.